It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford. Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! hey One day to Friday. We're close. Almost there. <laughs> How you feeling, big guy? I lost a week off my life. I can't believe it's one day till Friday. <laughs> what? what? What's today's uh, date? <laughs> How was Indy? Uh, parts I remember are good. It's yeah, good. The parts yeah. you remember were good. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah. Three, That's what Indy is for, you know. Three eventful days. Very and I good. wish I could have a, a camera just following them boys, right? That's That'd be crazy. All the good stuff happens. All the behind the scenes. A lot of Jason's yeah, life hours. is like the movie Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you leave your friend? <laughs> where's Joe Varden? What happened to Joe? Well, I, had, I called, I had to text Jay the other day. I'm like, where's my wallet? Did I have my wallet my chair? And he had to come all the way back down to the studio down here and check. It wasn't that big a deal. I, I had just oh left the weight God. room, so I was upstairs, and yeah. he had just texted me. Yeah. And I said, I'll check it on my way out. And I looked, I tore the chair apart, but you did find it. It was in the drawer in my nightstand. It like, must have fallen off the nightstand into the hey, drawer. Hey, Jay, he texted me first. I texted Mikey and, first. And then I had to text you. Yes, that's right. He said, uh, Mikey said, you're still in the in the gym. <laughs> and I just left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a disaster. Welcome oh to our God. Thursday Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Uh, first things first, yeah. I know we usually do your bet off the top. Yeah. But you've got more good news on the diet front. So let's get it out yeah, there. Yeah, I took I, uh, one week in. I've lost 15 pounds. Wow. There you go, bro. That's fantastic. Man, there you man. go. Let's hear yeah, it. I lost another, I've lost another, a pound a day since the initial big loss. Uh, but a pound a day since Monday. I mean, think about how much 15 pounds is, guys. Yeah, it's a That's lot. a lot. You know, you take a 10-pound weight and it's a 5-pound weight. Right. That is less weight that you're carrying around with you every step you take. You must feel better already. I feel better already. My new jeans are already a little loose, but uh, now's where the real work begins. The second yeah. week is when it gets, everything gets a little harder. So I took my second uh, injection this morning. And your cravings, you've noticed, if you had to say they're 20% less, 50% I, I less. I would say... Uh, 90% less. What? I've only had two times in the first week where I was like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm really hungry. Where it wasn't time for me wow. to eat. So now if you're, if you're no longer fighting the hunger, yeah. the other thing that people deal with is the psychological addiction to food and eating. 100%. How are you dealing with that? Because right. that's a different issue. Yeah, because I'm, it's just a habit of eating. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like sometimes I eat, I'm watching TV. I want something to eat. Right. It's just like a habit. It's out of boredom often. So it's, it's. So far, it's been fine. But, good. You know, good. again, it's early. We'll see. But uh, so far, it hasn't been an issue. I mean, if we had to give you a letter grade so far, you're an A plus plus. Thank you. I mean, you're doing well. <laughs> I can I already good. tell a difference. I can't. Your shirts are loose. Uh, yeah. Well, I bought you know? all. I had to buy like two, 
three, four months ago, like a bunch of new clothes because nothing was fitting me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to buy all these really extra large. Now you can go back to large. your old stuff. And so now I can go back to my normal extra large soon. But, yeah. uh, you know. Good. Well, Long way to go. We're well, happy for you. Guys. On the Thanks. bet front, what yeah. a night. Red hot. I had wow. no business winning this bet, to be fair. <laughs> that, no that, business no, whatsoever. This was a gentleman's victory. This was a gentleman's victory. Because the Celtics I, clearly were like, we give, we're out. I was already preparing the tweet of like, I'm 0-3 with the Cavs and almost perfect with everybody else. Somehow the cat. Let's bring it up there, guys. Somehow the cat. Well, this this is the new bet, but somehow the Cavs covered. What was that? What was the spread again? Five. Five. I can't remember the exact number. You got it at six. Oh, I had it six. Ooh. Right, right, right. Bet Rivers Ooh. had six. Bet Jack had five. That's right. Wow. But I shut off the game. Most of us did. <laughs> Why would you keep? Why it was a blowout from get for the and third even quarter. Even with a minute off. to go, they went down. 13, I think, or 11. They I were down remember. 11 points with 90 right. seconds to play. Yeah. yeah, and I and and then all of a sudden, like 20 minutes later, I see a text from Steve to our group saying, "Hey, Bull got the cover." I'm like, "What?" Crazy. And Bull, the How crazy the hell part, did that happen? The Celtics didn't miss free throws. It's not like it was clank, clank, score, clank. Yeah. Right. Darius Garland caught fire, hit a logo three to make it a uh, a cover, and kudos to you. And th- we're gonna do PCC later, but we've already yeah. seen people in the chat saying, "I faded Bull last night." And it backfired. So Don't fade me. Stop, I'm stop seven and four now. now. Wait until the game is over before you do any fading. Can you imagine Celtics fan who betted who bet oh, on Boston? So, somebody, bad beat. somebody lost their house yesterday. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the head of Barstow had 200 grand on the Celtics last night. Good. What? Screw you know, that guy. Stupid. Screw that guy. Anybody that would bet <laughs> anything over four figures on a regular season NBA game is, needs to have is. their head examined. I mean, if you bet that much money, you gotta have so much money. Yeah, it but matter, right? I mean, still, if, okay. If you're if you're willing to throw away two hundred thousand, how about you give it to a homeless shelter? How All about right. you give it to a food bank? Like oh. you could walk down the street and just hand out hundred dollar bills That's to, insane. to people yes. sleeping on the sidewalk to two thousand people. Yeah, like That's here you insane. go, dog. Now, granted, they have their own sports book, so when he gambles and loses money, I'm pretty. Well, sure we don't want to talk right about their sports book. Let's talk about Bet Rivers. Yeah, yeah. Book. their sports it's, book's not as good as Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is the best sports book in town. We love it. And uh, here's my bet today. I went outside of Ohio, I think, for the first time. I'm going with with your son. How about that? And his his school, Rutgers, are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite at Minnesota. Now, Minnesota, you think Ohio State's bad? Go watch Minnesota play. They're the only team in the Big Ten (laughs) worse than Ohio State. Wow. Rutgers beat them at Rutgers by, like, 35 points. Minnesota's lost by at least eight in all but one of their last dozen games. That seems like it's stealing. I, it, now, it's in Minnesota. It's on the road. You never yeah. know. And it's not, Rutgers is good, but not great. But I'll tell you, Rutgers is in a position where they better not screw around or they no. get dinked out of the exactly. tournament. Exactly, which is why I think, because this is a game where you think a team like Rutgers late in the season could lay, take their foot off the gas, yeah, but they, they can't, can't afford to That's a great slip bet, up. So I think they're going to come out and What's your ass. record right now? Seven and four. Wow, you're going to be eight and four. Yeah. Shout out to that. There he goes. This was unintentional. Shout out. Rutgers worked out nicely. Shout out to the to the great Minnesota, uh, you know, conglomerate. Some of the great names: Dave Winfield, Bobby Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Dave Winfield drafted in Tony baseball, Dungy. football, yeah. and basketball. Is that the most crazy? That's unbelievable. Ever? That's yeah. stupid. The That's old uh, Browns wide receiver Dave Logan, I believe, also turned he drafted that by all three. I believe he was. Oh wow! Yeah, well, Dave Winfield was a first was. round pick in baseball. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Dave I don't Win- know. How, Winfield wow. could have been a star. Not, not you know, he could Probably have been a legitimate star in any three He's sports. He's a monster of a man. There was a fight. Yeah. If you want to go down the YouTube rabbit hole, yes, sir. Google Ohio State Minnesota basketball fight. Oh, uh, okay. You could, you might even find it where you can throw it in tag board. Yeah. Uh, Dave Winfield was wrecking shop. 
Probably could have been a pro boxer, too. Because <laughs> he was just yeah. dropping buckets. Dave Winfield was huge when not that many guys were huge. Right. And You're then, right, yeah. Right? Like, in those days, they were not – like, a lot of the guys I – like, in my mind, Daryl Strawberry was huge, but he was just tall. He wasn't really huge. Yeah. Back then, You're right. For the in, thin. For, for the Indians, that was the Angry Black Man Coalition. No games. Y'all couldn't ask certain questions. You had you had uh, Murray, Eddie Murray, Albert, Albert Bell. Bell. Kenny Lofton really wasn't playing with y'all like that. Dave Winfield wasn't. Uh, I used to, this, it's funny you said that. I literally used to, it was the only locker room I ever feared going into. Well, there were times where I wasn't nuts about going in the Buccaneers locker room because, right. because of your doppelganger, yeah. Warren Sapp. <laughs> but there were times where I had to go in there and I'm like, I'd rather get a filling with no Novocaine. Right These now. dudes, Jim dudes back then. Thank God for Jim Tomey. I mean, look at Dave Winfield. <laughs> Mike Keith, I think, right? And then he Catcher, wow. Mike Keith. And look. Look at how imposing he is. <laughs> Look at that. Now, not just the catcher, but even the umpire. He, he looks like a man playing against boys. <laughs> he looks I mean, like Aaron Judge. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. He was like, he was that version's Aaron Judge. I now, mean, that generation. I worked with Dave for a number of years at ESPN, yeah. and as fearful as he could be. I do. Dude was like I've heard he's most a great guy. pleasant, yeah. nice guy, loved to tell stories, yeah. had a contagious laugh, and he was just a lot of fun off the field, but don't piss him off. Bro. On the field or on the court, because you're going to feel his wrath. He's crazy. Yeah, he was nuts. Um, I think we've hit all the nails, right? Do you want to do the bet? You did the bet, Jack Reed, didn't you? No. Nope. Bet Rivers were good. Oh, Bet Rivers, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so we can dive right in, right? Let's dive yep. right in, yep. All right, let's dive into where we need to start at the top of the show. And um, I, when we when we talk about Kevin Stefanski not saying anything, that's kind of what you know his news conferences are. He just his lips are moving, but nothing's coming out. Um, I felt like he did say some things yesterday. I don't know if it's a conscious effort for him to be a little more transparent. Well, but Jay, we talked about this yesterday with Barry because he talked the other day and yeah. actually said some things too. I wonder if it, it was bizarre that they, both of them were saying nothing. Do you think a that's seminar. a conscious effort? Yes. Because Jimmy was pretty critical of a commentary that got widespread throughout Cleveland. Right. They need to be more open. You know, share more with Looks us. Looks like we're, they both did. We're living did. this pain too. And I thought that both Barry and Stefanski talked. He uh, spent 20 minutes with the media, mm-hmm. said he's going to call, continue calling plays, uh, talked about the backup quarterback. Uh, Alex Van Pelt will double as the quarterback's coach. Bill Musgrave, although he's, in a, I guess he's a, a consultant or whatever, a special offensive coach, he's not going to work specifically with quarterbacks. And Bubba Ventrone, as we suspected all along, was their guy. And they knew that if they had a chance to get him, they were going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what stands out the most to Jason? We'll start with yeah. you. You were there. What stands out the most to you about what he had to say? Something that probably sounds weird, but the fact that they're returning AVP to the quarterback role, to the quarterback coach. And I didn't really process this and think of this until after, so I haven't really talked to anyone about it. But like, that was an opportunity to bring someone in who Deshaun has comfortability with, or has passed with, or history with. And they chose not to do that. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. Maybe that's just vote of confidence in, in the relationship between Deshaun and AVP. Right. Because I'm sure that they consulted with Deshaun. He's the most powerful person in that building. Five-year, $230 million deal. He is the voice in that, in that room that they're listening to. So I'm, I, I can only assume that they checked with Deshaun first before doing that. But that would have been an opportunity if he wanted, if there was someone else that he really liked to, to, from his past to work with. To bring in the guy he works with and calls his quarterback coach was he an option? Quincy Avery, I don't think so. He just he sort of 
it's like a tutor. He like works yeah. with a bunch of different guys. Yeah, yeah, he works with a bunch of different guys. Yeah. I think that probably would have been a disaster if yeah. they went that You don't that want to bring in a guy's I, personal guy. No, I, no. it never yeah. ends well. Yeah, never, no. never, never. But I went back. But like also like I think Carl Smith was his uh, quarterbacks coach in Houston when he had his best year, but he's now the assistant head coach in Seattle. Yeah. So you're not going to, you're not going to be able to get him. So maybe there just wasn't anyone available <laughs> out there who he felt really comfortable with. It just, it just, I just found that curious because obviously with Drew Pensing moving on to Arizona, it creates an opening on the coaching staff. That's someone, an opportunity to bring him <laughs> someone that he's familiar with and they chose to just stick with AVP. Do you think it happened um, to any protest? No. Uh, you, you just think that, no, I just, I just thought he it, was in on that decision for sure. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I just, I just found it interesting. Like, okay. that's all. Bull, what stood out to you? I, I tell you what's, what stood out to me obviously is that he's not, I, I guess I'm not surprised, but just that it was good that he made clear that he's going to call plays again. I know some people are hot and bothered by that. I've never been hot and bothered by that. I think, in fact, if, if anything, it's like, okay, we know the clear line of delineation here. Jim Schwartz is running the offense, Kevin, uh, the defense. Kevin Stefanski is running the <laughs> offense. They will be solely to blame if their sides of the ball fail. Right. Like, Kevin Stefanski is like, well, I'm not switching up now. My job's on the line now. If I'm going down, I'm going down the way I want to go down, and that's which makes sense. I do the same thing if I were Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah. Jim I'm, Bush? I'm glad they, they, they started to feel that pressure a little bit. Um, I actually did yesterday. Did she think that, that there's a pressure – from the way the fan base is, is looking at it, and she says she didn't think so, I have to disagree with that. What tells me why they feel the pressure is because they are making certain decisions to be more open. They are being more transparent. They are doing things that can help them out a little bit better. And a lot of times, people think it's all about on the field. Why do you think they take all companies to these retreats where they do seminars, right? You know, they get you out of your, your mode and then they get you in there with a trainer and say, hey, guys, this is the way you guys are actively communicating and it's causing a few problems. You may not think so because you're rooted in what you've been doing forever. Sometimes when you get coaches, they forget that football is a sport. And yes, X's and O's count. And yes, strategy counts. But what also counts is your communication style, the way you communicate, the way you work with others. And, and, and those things matter and those things can get you to a place where just on the field stuff can't. So I think they feel it a little bit, and I like it. I like the fact that Deshaun Watson is ranked 24th uh, for quarterbacks. I like the fact that Stefanski feels that they have to keep making moves and they got to be aggressive every year because that sense of urgency is what sharpens steel. And now I think that they really, for the first time, are all in on, hey, listen, we got to worry about these wins and losses, all that other stuff. Let's get it fixed and let's circle these wagons. There's no gentleman's putt next year. No, no, this is it. And to your point earlier about, and, and I don't expect him to change now. Why would yeah. he? Um, but there's no insulation layer for Kevin Stefanski. No, this is it. If it's it all doesn't work. Where if he would have handed off the play calling duties, right, and things didn't go well, there could be a possible scapegoat and reason. Right. Um, I, I I talk about a lot on this show because I just was so upset about it when it happened, when Marty Schottenheimer left Cleveland over the rift that he needed to hire an offensive coordinator. And Marty said that he wasn't going to do it. And Art said, well, well, you can't continue to coach the team if you don't do it. And that was it. We lost a great coach in the process. This situation is a little bit different. I think there's pressure from fans and some media members for Stefanski to give up the play calling. It, 
it's what he does best, and he's going to hold tightly to it. Yeah. And it makes sense. And I don't it think there's any internal out, pressure to get rid of play. I don't think there is either, yeah, no. or it would have happened, I think. Right. And I think the bottom line here is he's going to, to your point, go down with his own philosophy, with his own play right. calling. Now, I do find it fascinating that Musgrave is coming in here. Um, and I don't know if we talked about this with you or not, Jay. We're, did we talk about that when you were in no, on Tuesday? No, I don't think so. He no, because you, you were at the yeah, combine. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you make of that whole thing? Because typically when that happens. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's it's kind of what was going on in Tennessee with Schwartz on the defensive side. They, they had a young defensive coordinator. They didn't want to rattle his cage and bring in a guy like Schwartz that had had coaching experience yeah. and was a well-thought-of defensive coordinator. So, in theory, they didn't give him the title of defensive coordinator, but he was there for a reason, and I'm sure Mike was listening to his input. I'm, what's going on with the Musgrave addition, and who should feel threatened by that, if I- anyone? I don't think anyone should, honestly. I just think it's another set of eyes and expertise. And the fact that he's not going to be in the quarterback room, I thought was like Kevin made a point of saying that's not where he is. I, I think he's going to be more of a consultant type and just someone to lend expertise. But I, I think it is a little bit different than the Tennessee situation. You're right. Schwartz was a veteran who had a ton of success in that city with that team. Right. And I think that's why optically they were trying to keep him away and let the young guy have his time. This is a little bit different, obviously. So I think Musgrave really is just there to lend an ear and lend yeah. support and, and help where he can you and offer where he can. You don't think that it's a sign at all that maybe there's a little bit of lack of trust with AVP because at the same time, and Kevin pointed out clearly that the the area of domain of AVP now is quarterbacks. Yeah. Exclusively. It feels like, it, it feels like to me that – it's almost like Alex Van Pelt is now the quarterback coach. That's what it feels and like Musgrave to me. Musgrave is coming in as to OC. That, that's what it feels like to me too. It, it helps Particularly the with because the game he plan. made such a point. Why would he make such a point and say he's not going to be working with the quarterbacks? Yeah. Because the takeaway there is that's AVP's term. Right. You see it that way or no? No, I don't because <laughs> frankly, I don't think AVP would stand for it if he oh, was okay. having OC duties stripped from him. Well, what's I don't he think that. Do? I don't think. Well, I, I think he could find another job. At this point? Well, maybe not at this point, but this this wasn't just sprung on them. It's not like they just said in March, hey, by the way, we're going to bring Bill Musgrave in. You know, I'm sure that was something that was discussed ahead of time. I, and if I, he was uncomfortable with it, he could have walked Yeah, down. I think I think I believe Kevin when, when he says how much he okay. trusts and likes AVP. Well, um, I trust your I trust your personal relationship with him. If you if if, if you say he's not going to say something that he isn't that he doesn't fully mean then we'll buy it. There, there is a guy on Twitter who I thought would said something. I don't know his name. I'm going to look it up. But he, he did some research, and he talked about how Bill Musgrave um, was one of those guys who had really specialized 
and was able to get the running game off the ground in the shotgun. Shotgun quarterback yeah. runs. It, Which is what they're going to have to do it, now because Deshaun's going to work out of the shotgun a lot more. Yeah. So I think they brought him in as more of a running game coordinator to work with Bill Callahan on how do we get the running game and, and still have Nick Chubb be effective and Deshaun Watson, how do we get that run game going? And I think that's why he said he's not going to work with the quarterbacks because his area of opportunity or expertise is going to be with the that running game. That makes sense. Because I'm all for this. I'm all for having another expert in the room. And yeah. when you, what has he been, uh, 12 years as an offensive coordinator? I looked this up. I can't remember. Yeah, it's it's over a decade. He's got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And anytime you can bring someone into the table that's got that much experience, I think it's only going to help the overall product. So Thanks. I'm all for it. And I hope everybody has their defined niche. And, you know, AVP feels comfortable as the offensive coordinator. But see, yeah. to me, I always felt like we never really looked at AVP as the offensive coordinator anyhow. Because uh, just because did. he doesn't call the plays? Yeah. But the majority of an offensive coordinator's job is during the week. It is. You're building you know. the game plan, instilling things that are going to, you know, installing things right. that are going to work. But at the same time, I think that, like, even in Kansas City, where That's was, where I was going to go. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, just like, okay, we had the big debate about Andy Reid saying how, how they split the play calling and everything. Yeah. But that probably wasn't the case two, three years ago. I don't know. He just said this year it was 52-48. And everyone looked at Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator two and three years ago. Did they? Right. Yeah, I think so. See, but I don't know. I think credit. that's why he couldn't get a job. He still hasn't gotten credit. By the way, the 52-48 is nonsense. I agree with it's you. It's nonsense, of course. Who's going to track that? Number yeah, right. 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 The reason Reed went with 52-48 is because he was trying to pump him up, pump right, up right, his right. guy. Yeah, he right. was trying to say, look, this guy is yeah. doing it already. Now, whether or not that was the case, I don't know. I mean, we have to trust that yeah. what, what he told us was true. But to me, I always looked at the Andy Reid Kansas City situation as he's the guy. I mean, Eric is kind of the AVP to the Chiefs that AVP is to the Browns. He's but there. Matt he's, Nagy did the same thing in Kansas City, and then he did get a job, and they didn't do a good job as head coach of the Bears. No. But there have been other offensive coordinators who didn't call plays or, and say, you know, and, and ended up getting new jobs. I don't um, know. I don't know. There yeah, just, yeah, that's an example, Matt, right there, Matt Nagy. Yeah. Well, so I mean, we're assuming that Reed called all the plays when Nagy was there. Yeah, I mean, I've just always assumed Reed calls most of the plays you, all the time. You know, you know, I, I don't even think it really matters that much. When yeah. you hear Deshaun Watson talk about it, he says, you know, well, Bill O'Brien used to let him do everything anyway, right? He said most of what I was doing, I was making all the reads and doing all the checks. Basically, Stefanski in his offense, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of different guardrails, so you don't have to make those moves. So my thing is this. If you're going to give a guy more power, right? So say, for instance, um, I'm trying to get my daughter to be a gymnastics, uh, be in gymnastics. I may be able to tell her what to do to be in shape, but I'm going to have to bring in gymnastics people to tell her. And at some point, I got to, you know, pass her off because they know more than I do. I think at this point, Deshaun will probably run, wants to run an offense that, he has a lot of freedom, and he needs a lot of different people to come in and add input to what the, what the offense is supposed to be in terms of being more creative. Because I think they're just gonna make it up. Like I, it's not. He hasn't run anything that he's gonna run this year. I don't think Stefanski has, has run that in the past. And I think they bring. So you in, think we're looking at a hundred percent offensive redo? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, maybe a hundred percent, but oh, you yeah. know, I think it's going to look vastly different than. It yeah, did it's last got year. to. You know what was funny was last year in camp, I was talking with Jim Donovan after he had looked at things for a couple of days, mm-hmm. 
And he said, this offense doesn't even resemble what the old offense was. And that got me very excited because I didn't want it to resemble what it did the previous year. He's like, they're doing things with Deshaun they've never done before. Right. It looks completely. And then I turned on the television. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I, that, that's the same garbage. I've seen all that before. Right, right. So I don't know. I mean, how much can they recreate this wheel? Well, the problem last year was they didn't know how long he was going to be out. No, yep. I know, but when he came even back, while they, even while they were in training camp, they didn't know how long he was going right. to be out. And I then, get that, but when he came back, but they weren't working they was, on that was new running, offense a hundred percent of the time in the offseason. Yeah, they was I, running Jacoby's playbook when he came yeah. back. I don't. I just don't think that number one, he wasn't the same to Sean, and number two, there wasn't enough time to completely flip everything. Now there's no excuse. Now you have plenty of time. Right. Well, they were running it in. in Camp though. I think that was not. I mean, that remember that was Deshaun's first time back on the field in quite yeah, a while. It was. So I think they were experimenting with. Okay, what do we like? What looks good? What are you comfortable with? But again, you can't run that with Jacoby. No. And you can't flip the entire thing in three days. Yeah. And plus, Deshaun was unbelievably rusty, mm-hmm. far worse than than we thought it would be. So I think it was a combination of a lot of factors. Well, maybe he was rusty because he was running Jacoby's offense. Well, I. I, I think he was rusty because he was rusty, and, yeah. and there was a, a lot. But his comfort level wasn't there, for sure. No, I don't think – no, I don't think he was comfortable with playing football, frankly. Right. And But, I mean, all of that's gone. But, I mean, that's why I said all year – I got killed for it, but I said all year, like, just punt the season, guys. As soon as the suspension went to 11 games and they rolled with Jacoby Brissett, told me all I needed to know. I mean, didn't they this season punt? don't matter. But didn't they – they did punt the season. That's what I'm saying. They, they internally – to me, punt of the year. And and I, I killed him for not doing certain moves. But then again, if you look back in hindsight, most teams, most organizations would say, well, I'm not going to make no crazy moves if I don't know if the quarterback, when he's going to be here, because I don't know how they fit with the quarterback. But the crazy thing is, though, even if they did punt on the year, maybe putting a little bit more effort and trying to go out and get a little bit more to put you over the top, you know, the player they needed in the middle or whatever, that could have been the difference between missing the playoffs and making the playoffs. And we all know that once you get to the party, all bets are off. I I think the reality was by the time we got to the middle of the season, you knew even if somehow the Browns made the playoffs, they weren't going to the Super Bowl. I mean, they weren't out of it until the loss really – the second right, to last but they weren't. The they were so far behind the top teams in the AFC. There was nobody to go get. Like they made their they made their yeah. decisions in the offseason of Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togi. Yep. Well, and there wasn't. You know, and Dominican Sue early in the season. But he didn't want to come here. No, he I did. There was the reports from CBS and other outlets that said he's looking at his options. And one of the teams that was on the list of teams that had he had interest in were the Browns. So I thought, okay, strike while the you know. I, now, I mean, now, obviously, he waited until later in the season to go to the Eagles. Maybe he wanted to sit back, take a look at the landscape, and, and see, see where he could most emerging. easily win a ring. Right. Yeah. And that, he by that point, Cleveland was the Browns out of it. at that point, Jay. They were, what they, I'm saying you know. is, for what little bit of money the Eagles spent to get him, yeah. if the Browns really wanted to go there, and this is what I kind of buy into your theory, gentleman's punt on the season, when that report hit that he was interested in coming to the Cleveland Browns, I just thought at that point, okay, if you're the Browns, overpay for him. I mean, the I don't amount remember, of money they spent was so little. I don't little. remember a specific article saying that, like, the if Browns, you, he was interested can, in the Browns. If you can, Nuggets, Google it. It was a CBS report 
CBS Sports report that's someone's it, was it close like a speculation? Said, no. I'll, com- was, I'll confirm, Jay, but I yeah. believe the article you're referring to, and I'll, I'll pop back in a sec, was teams interested in Sue, not teams he was interested maybe, in Maybe I'm misremembering yeah. it. So I'll, I'll go find that it. Like, I mean, at some point, I do remember hearing that there was interest in Sue in yeah. the Browns. I mean, so honestly, to me, Dominic and Sue wouldn't have made a difference in, in the, win, the win-loss record of the Browns. I don't know, I mean, man, he was that bro- was... He was brought into Philadelphia as a rotational player. He wasn't a starter there. No, because their line didn't need him right, to start. Because he's old. I mean, but I, you know, but was, is he a dramatic improvement from what we had there? I don't know at this point. I also career. think I'll he wasn't yes. interested in playing until he chose to play. Right. He didn't That's want entirely possible. He didn't right. want training camp. He didn't want hundred degree summer days. No, but we he were like four or five weeks into the season when this was going on, and the, I mean, clearly, Browns weren't off to a hot start. Yeah. But I think they were two and two to start. And things went sideways real quickly. I think from there. he signed when he was ready to sign. It's not Maybe. like the Eagles yeah, were the first team to call. You, you can prod I mean? a player. You know, if his agent's saying, you know, the market looks like two million, but which if, is I think with the number that he ended up getting. Yeah. You can prod a player by saying Browns sure. will only get four million. And you know, but that's four million off of this year's cap. They wouldn't have now. But so maybe, well, know. I also no, it's been a one-year deal. I'm also not no, sure. No, but the money rolls over if you don't use it. But I also I'm not sure that you want to. I mean, they did that with Deshaun, and we'll see how that ends. They did it with Mike Holmgren, and it ended in disaster. Overpaying guys just to get them to come in doesn't always well, work. Yeah, out. but uh, who was that white defensive lineman they signed for the Ravens? Like no, that's uh, no. that's no, uh, no. Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger. Yeah, Paul Remember Kruger. They that scrub, he sucked here. Well, he look, about you, sacks one year. I mean, but if you're overpaying somebody and it's only four million dollars total, I'm just saying I mean, by NFL standards, that's that's nothing. But I'm just saying if if you're bringing a guy in at gunpoint who doesn't want to be there, and the only reason he's there is for the check, and he really wanted to be elsewhere. A lot of times, that's not going to end well. Well, for I'm you. All, what I am all for, I'm all for him doing what they should have did last year, this year. So they got look. I guarantee they ain't go gentlemen's punt now. There's no punting now. No, no punt you're now. going for it now. Yeah. You gentlemen punt. That's like suicide. Yeah. A gentleman, a gentleman's punt this year. Yeah. And it, I don't know who survives no, a gentleman's no, no, punt. No, no. Everybody's getting fired. If, if, if well. you have like a five and a, tw- a five and twelve season Everybody's or a six fired. and eleven, I don't see anybody that can survive that. Nine, uh, nine, nine, and eight ain't getting it done. I won't. I mean, if the Browns finish five and twelve, that that is. The, a bigger disaster than, than when they went 0 16, because everybody, well, yeah, because the talent. Everybody's getting fired. That means Deshaun Watson is 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 maybe shot, and at a young age. And where and, are you now for the next four years? In, you're screwed forever. Go ahead. So I just found a bunch of the Sioux reports. Yeah. Everything said the Browns were continuing to monitor Sue, and he had no interest in signing till at least after training camp. Okay. There was nothing. No, that no, said, no, no. This was an in-season report. No, no, but I'm just saying, like going back to when the reports. Yeah, were started, no, this it was, was all Browns monitoring Sue, not Sue. Yeah, that is not the report I'm referring to because we did it here on the show, and the season. I think the Browns were either two and two or two and three at the time. By the way, before and, we move on, I wanted to bring. We got to bring up the backup quarterback situation. Oh yeah, he, well, w- what did he say about it? I, well, I think that they're going to bring in a veteran. Yeah. I don't think you can roll with Kellen Mond. No. Um, no. I, I, but it's interesting because if you look at what – I mentioned this to Zach Jackson yesterday on our podcast. If you look at what Indianapolis did with Peyton Manning, they always had a nobody, no-money right. guy behind him because their thought was if Peyton goes down, we're screwed. So yeah, why should exactly. we – I don't think teams generally should spend a lot. I think it's overrated. I think in this town we're obsessed with the backup quarterback. Uh, but once you have a good quarterback, and you have to assume Watson is, because if he's not, you're not doing anything anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the backup quarterback's that important, generally. But well, I think I you have the to, 49ers, what they think about the backup quarterback. Well, 
but they're but they don't have a good starter. They they're they're, no, they're not they're not spending. Well, you know what though? They were spending Jimmy a lot was, with Jimmy. Jimmy G. was on a big deal. And now they weren't spending a lot of money on Brock Purdy. He was the you know Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in they the draft. They stumbled right. into that. They did stumble into that. But I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Don't spend a lot of money on that position because right. at that point the car's already totaled. I yeah. get that. But when you see what happened in San Francisco last year, you can understand the value of having the right guy in that spot. You know, I would call Marcus Mariota and see what the number is. I wonder what he's going done. to command. I, it's he not going to be like, much. Wasn't he at like $22 million or something? It's not going to be much. I, I think they saved 12 by cutting him. I, I mean, I, I don't know, guys. I think his days as a how starter many, are over. How many good teams have a good backup quarterback? There's, there's just not that many. Not many. No. I mean, not, the Chiefs Especially when you're committing $55 million. The Bengals don't. No, you say the Chiefs don't, well, but I can think of two situations Henny where. Henny delivered for Henny him. came in against the Browns. You be good. You need Don't talk about that, man. and experienced. I mean, Henny. Kept their season going yeah. by beating the Browns. Yeah, but they're not, how much and were they paying Henny? They were paying million, not, right? nothing. Exactly. But he's a competent. Million. He's been around. But he's, nobody said not get someone competent. But I, like some of these teams spend ten million dollars for a backup. That's crazy. Well, the Browns yeah, did in Stefanski's first year. You can't do that. Well, that was I think a different situation because he but was he, trying to find someone familiar right. with what he now wanted to run. Now that you have a good quarterback, no team with a good quarterback. I don't. I don't spends don't, big money on a backup. I don't know. This is different. This is a little different. You got a guy with two ACL tears. Doesn't matter. You're paying him $55 million. The season's over, G. I, I, if he gets hurt, the season's over. If I, listen, I Who's get, the backup quarterback it, taking the Browns to the playoffs? It, listen, if I'm, if I'm a coach. Jacoby. If I'm a coach. For yeah. sure, that ship sailed 1,000%. If I'm a coach. If it's, if it's my job on the line, I'm hedging my bet. I'm sorry. I'm hedging somewhere. I'm not going to give him well, $15 million. Maybe the backup quarterback, that, the, of the backup quarterbacks that are going to get paid decent money, who's going to make take the Browns to the playoffs? None. Jacoby Brissett. But yeah, he, he couldn't do it last you're year. You're probably right. You're probably what? right. But Bull, here, here's what's different. Yeah. You're saying I'm not going to take insurance on the biggest, yeah. most important position in pro sports when my career's on the line. Because they're the front office. Because is, the, there's no insurance. If you no, there is insurance. No, the, the backup quarterback is the insurance. No, policy. the backup quarterback. Can't, you can't win with the backup. If quarterback. this is major league baseball, blue moon. If maybe, this is major league baseball, I don't know. Is, Brock Purdy looked pretty damn good. Yeah, until he didn't, and they were out. If well, he got hurt. No, he got hurt. Okay, he, it wasn't well, until he didn't. If, they were on their fourth string quarterback. You can't have three insurance. How many policies. situations are, are like that where you get that lucky? It worked for them. It, when, when, until when, it didn't. When, when, the, when Brady went down yeah. first week of the season with an ACL, yeah. Matt Castle comes Grumpy in Castle, there, yep. and Matt Castle takes didn't make the team 10-6. Yeah, didn't but they, they won 10 games. But they didn't make the playoffs. No, but they, they won we 10 games. We could come up with all these oddball once-in-a-million-year scenarios. If I'm the GM, and I know that my, my career is on the line here, uh, yeah, I'm sure and I'm, I'm going to leave it up to a guy that's got had two torn ACLs, I don't know. But Who would have put the line, and it must have been plus a bajillion that we mentioned Matt Castle on back-to-back days here on the old. You, you got mentioned so, yesterday. Uh, yeah. We did oh, a whole segment on Matt G Castle's quarterback that. list. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Matt Castle back-to-back. Bet Jack probably had it at yeah. plus ten thousand. It'll never happen again. I'll tell you that. It yeah. probably won't. But if you don't already know, Bet Jack <laughs> is live in the great state of Ohio. Download the Bet Jack app today, so you'll be ready to go in on all the action. Bet Jack, it is Ohio's sportsbook. One and eye. you could get a competent backup without spending ten million dollars. But here's the thing: if this is Major League Baseball, <coughs> excuse yeah. me, baseball, and there's no salary cap, okay, pay right. Jacoby Brissett eight million, ten oh, million, and bring him back. When the Browns, but yeah. when, but yeah. when you say you you're betting on a guy with two torn ACLs, you just gave him two hundred thirty million dollars. You've yes. already made that bet. You're right. And there's, one year was already lost. And there's but there's you can't. 
with the cap situation, what it is, you can't pay him $55 million and then go give a backup $8 million well, on top we, of it. Aren't we talking about restructuring that? They are, but sure. I don't know what you're, but you're, tr- what you're trying to save. You have a lot of other needs to fill. Yeah, backup quarterback. Every move affects the other. Backup quarterback is not in the top no. five, but six, seven on this team. All I will tell team. you is that if, if there is one scenario under this plan that if it happens, you are done and everybody in the front office and the coaching staff but, is but gone. But that's too. what I was going to say is it's it's really easiest for for us to sit here and say 6 and 11, 5 and 12, everybody's gone. Yeah. Okay, what if Deshaun goes down in week one? They're still gone. Week two. <laughs> you, know, but you have to see how this plays. What if Nick gets hurt? What if, what if Miles gets hurt? No, I don't care. I don't care uh, either. Unless Deshaun Watson gets hurt for Injuries the year. happen. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if – that, you know, I, you I do, agree but. with you in theory. Five yeah. and 12, six and 11 is a yeah. disaster, and yeah. everybody's gone. But so I need, you, but I need to see it. I need to see. Do you think there's a scenario where there's a six and 11? And, well, and well, I'm just saying, if Deshaun Watson tore his ACL in camp, right? If, I if, guess. if Deshaun it's goes possible. down, if Deshaun misses 13 games or 12 games, or Nick Chubb gets hurt, or Miles misses that's the, the year, that's the only way they could have a terrible season, and he might not get. But fired. that's what I'm saying. Like we might I, not. I gotta he still see, might get fired. I got to see it. He might, but we have to see how it plays out. All right. One thing that they are talking about across the league today or the last couple of days is uh, the, the team's infrastructure. I wish we would have thought of this because what? we do player polls all the time. Yeah, this was, you know what, though? This I'm gonna, was really good. I'm going to take a dump on this one, and I'm going right, to tell you why once we get into it. Uh, here's the deal. So all, players across the NFL were asked to rate overall. They were asked to rate food services, nutrition, weight room, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room. Uh, do we, is it all on one graphic? Where, nope, where we the got it. By so. the way, the, I think we need to make a note here. The grades for the strength coach and the training staff should be ignored because pretty much every team said A on that. Nobody, nobody was going to rip the coaches. Nobody's going to rip the coaches. Yeah. One reason I'm going to kill the poll. Yeah. That's one reason. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to inject this. One yeah. of the reasons I talked to Ethan Posick, two reasons he came to Cleveland. Bill Callahan. And the Brown strength coach, strength and yeah, conditioning. Right. So it may be across the board that no one's going to rip him, but that's well, one but guy Bill, who came here specifically. The strength coach, fine. But the Bill Callahan's a non-factor on that list. Yeah, I, right. Because yeah, they yeah. didn't talk so about the strength coach. Saying, yes. yeah. Those are Ethan's two big reasons. The bull's point. Nobody, I think nobody's going to rate their own weight strength coach, coaching staff D. No. Like, no. they got to work with these guys. Yeah, right. So, Jay, we put that, it in three graphics. You want to go through all the grades real quick? Yeah, do you have the overall first? Do you want to start? We do, overall? yeah. We'll start with the overall okay. first. Do you want me to just run through it? Because yep, I have the sure. graphics. Okay. Yep. So this was the overall report. Steve, you can take it full. The Browns received a C overall. That was 21st in the league. The main complaints of the Browns, the weight and the locker rooms were too small. Here's how they broke down on an individual scale. Steve, take the next one. Food and nutrition, D plus. That tied for 18th in the league, meaning a lot of teams voted a D plus. The weight room, also D plus. That was tied 29th. As Bull mentioned, strength coach A-plus tied for first. The training room B-plus tied for fifth. Surprised that's not more. That means very few players and teams gave their own uh, facilities training room higher than a B-plus. And last but not least, Steve, training staff got an A. Locker room, a D-plus. That one's tough to look at. It's tied for 22nd. And team travel arrangements was a C tied for 21st. Yeah, so overall, outside of the training staff and the, the – I saw this two staff questions. The Browns did mediocre to bad and everything else. Y'all, y'all may be able to educate me. Yeah. <clears throat> but how is this possible? Didn't they just spend like $8 billion on a, on just, a basketball team? They, this is pennies on a dollar, right? Yeah, sure. Well, I think a couple things. Number one, interesting you bring that up. 
I was told that number is inaccurate on the bucks. The 875 million? It's it's not accurate, but I don't know what the accurate number is. I couldn't okay. find out what the real number like, is. Like how how would they if what they reported, well there's one way it could be inaccurate is if he's not getting 25% of the team. Well, I I don't know. I don't know if the valuation information was I saw wrong that from multiple sources yeah maybe maybe but that's I the think public evaluation and the real evaluation is different i, I don't know, know. i mean well valuate val- valuation yeah is set after a sale i mean hand up <clears throat> the athletics the one that broke the story and reported it yeah, I, yeah. I didn't have anything to do with it all right well, it doesn't but really it was matter, our, i guess but whether it's 800 but i million think or 500 million because we put that number out yeah. everybody else picked it up well there was some confusion to the number because espn Bad job out of them. In their headline, yeah. after you guys broke it, got it wrong. They yeah. said that he buys the Bucks for right. $4.5 billion. And that was yes. never the case. Because it said now, they majority stake it. at first. Yeah, they changed it. They made it sound like he just was the only owner yeah. of the Bucks, yeah. And then Dang. he bought the whole team. Right. And I knew that wasn't the case. Right. And then after digging some more, I found some more articles that said he bought the minority owner's stakes. Where the 25% number came from, I can't tell you. I don't know if it was you guys that had that number. Somebody yeah, had it. Yeah. And the math that was done was because the original story said that he purchased these shares at a valuation of $4.5 billion, you did the math, yeah. 25% of well, that is th- I think Shams made a mistake million. in his original article. I thought he said controlling interest in the initial article. Shams did make a mistake in his uh, yeah. initial report. He had to clarify. One way or another. One way or another. They spent but a any, lot of money. Anyway, one way or yeah. They got the bag. I got facilities suck. Yeah. I, I was right. I was told yeah. the number was wrong. Our Bucks guy was told that's not the correct. It'll come out eventually. Yeah. We'll just have right. to wait for anyway, it. Anyway, a lot of money either way. In <laughs> terms of this. Their indoor practice facility sucks. Like, it is too slow. Yep. And their locker room is, like, Ohio State's is nicer than the Browns. It is nicer. And, and, and that's why, like, if you know where the, where the practice facility is there in Berea, Jimmy bought up all those houses there, and they've knocked them all down, and they've got this plan that they're going to do, but I don't know what it is. Like, they, they are going to make some changes. They do want to make some upgrades. The locker room is too small. Like, Wasn't there one person holding out to not sell? I think there is still one house oh, over there. The building around. Well, I, I mean, we've all been in the training room, in the, in the weight room yes. at, the, at the training facility. It's, and it's, it's inadequate. It's, I, I, I walked in there. It was like a high school gym. Especially yeah. in training camp. You yeah, guys are terrible. on top of each other. You're stepping over. It, it's not big enough. I mean, no. this, I don't understand that. Like, you, they talking about trying to get a retractable dome roof. You want do, you want taxpayers to pay this bread, but your your, your facilities in your own backyard is, is smaller than a phone booth. I, I'm mm. I'm confused. How do you have money like that, but be like, yeah, we're planning to do something, but uh, we can't get no weights in here. The the food nutrition grade was low, also, which is a lot of teams got that. Another problem I had with the study yeah. uh, with the poll. 1,300 union members responded to it. The majority of the players, this isn't a league that, where player movement is prevalent. It's more prevalent today than it once was, but the majority of the players have played for one team. So what do they have to compare it to? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Uh, I think you – yeah, that's fair. If you're going to – great. See, here's what – But if you know that the locker room is small and you don't have enough space, you don't need But players talk any, to each other, right? Yeah, well, yeah but if, if I tell you my and I think there is quite a, I think there is quite a bit of movement. Yeah, I don't no, know. The, the league average is three years in the league. You can't move until three after three years. Unless you've been cut by three or four right. guys. There's, there's a lot, a lot of, of back free, in roster I, guys I th- like I that. I think there's a lot of guys but that churn I just, and wind up in different places. I mean, yeah. Tybus played for half the teams in, a, in an NFC and AFC, and T played for 10 teams. You still have to – you have you need a base – you need a base for, for this stuff. Sure. Because you're grading against all the others. Like, now, if there was a crew of 12 sports writers that spent a week in each team's facility – and then they wrote this massive piece about the comparing and contrasting of the Seahawks compared to the Lions compared yeah. to the Browns. I would put a lot of weight in that. But but these are players ranking. I, uh, you know what? You know how I do most of these things when I get them. I don't know. See, yeah. but if but if, I you, get average, but if everybody's I in the same boat, then I don't right. I don't you need know. to know what the Bengals are serving if the food here sucks. Yeah. And I don't need to know what the Steelers locker room looks like if I don't if I if I'm like this every time I'm in the locker room. But if you only eat at one restaurant, do you really know how it compares to the other thirty one? Well, I like it pretty well if I keep going back to it. If it it's sucks, I'm not have. Go- if I it mean, sucks, I'm not going back. Thing, you know how that goes too. Eating at the same place every day, like ESPN yeah. when visitors would come, the thing that they would rave most about was the cafeteria. Yeah, but, but, but Jay, the people first work of all, there, they're like, it's okay. When grading a training room or a workout facility like you're, you're not being asked to compare it to another team's training. No, you're asking. To, you're you're asking. You're what do you think of it? You're what giving you, it a grade, right? And but so but I, what I'm I, saying is, if I ask, like there are so many others, it might be the best in the league, but they might think it sucks. Right, but if that were the case, then everybody would grade it as C or but below. But I, I do think Bull's right. Yeah, teams talk all the time. Players yeah. talk all. I think we, we as media talk like, and I've never. Bull been, might tell me his favorite restaurant. I might go there and say this is trash. That happens all the time. Well, true, but, but that's but only with food. Not with that In terms example, of facilities, but, but but in terms of the food, a lot of the complaints I know with the Bengals, uh, because the Bengals were even ranked even lower than the Browns. There was complaint that when the players came in on their off days, the cafeteria wasn't even open. Like that's something that's a problem, obviously. If you want to entice the, guys to work that extra actually, day. actually, to be truthful, um, the internet is undefeated. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm taking a tour of the Pittsburgh Steelers weight room right now. <laughs> they got YouTube tours. They, they even have a poll. Now, who knows? It? I, I, I get what you're saying. I think if every play, I, what you're saying is, well, we could find these facilities. I doubt the players went and looked at other teams' facilities. What? Y'all guys, y'all got to understand something. Stop yeah. it. Stop. Y'all got to understand something. We petty as hell. Yeah. If I, if if you get two pairs of shoes, I'm and I like right. them. Where the hell you get them from? <laughs> yeah. If you get it, if you upgrade your facility and you're getting filet mignon and steak. Why am I not going to be on? The, we are yeah, these I, people fair. are rich elitists. That's right. They are rich. They're like I need to be on the end. And everybody. And again, if everybody's coming from that same, I haven't been to another locker room. Then it should be on equal footing. And the one thing yeah. Mike wants to get in. The one thing Jimmy will do is spend money. They are going to upgrade the facilities. Yeah. I think they just got these this property within the last couple of years. Right. So they'll do. I think they're hopefully. still trying to figure out what they want to do exactly. And, and the, I think it will get. And upgraded. the locker room will get better when you have a new stadium. What's the, what was the grade for the family? How they oh, treat they're the talking family. the Brea no, locker room, Brea not Cleveland. Room. Not Cleveland. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I bad. mean they only right. use the. But, hey, hey, one thing real quick. Jay asked how many players have 
never played on other teams or have. Yeah. So uh, according to last year's roster, just went through 17 players have played on multiple teams, which means the majority of the team hasn't played. Right. But a lot of them come from big time Power Five programs. And yeah. Like, no, that was my other point. And so if comparing you're comparing them to, it to LSU Alabama, or Alabama, Oregon, big to maybe mistake. any yeah. NFL facility, big mistake. My, that, and that, that was my other point. What, what, a lot what, of these guys are compared again, to college every right. players on equal footing. The Browns indoor field, However, I think, is only 50 yards. Like yeah, it's I know it is woefully inadequate. What was there? What was there? grade for how they treat families and stuff like that weight rooms where was that grade i know that was on there uh i'll look it up i'm not sure put on here i don't remember that because that was what to me that's one of the most important things in terms of is a player going to go they one thing that they added this year i just found this out yesterday is sort of a play area for kids on game day where they can take the kids and they have like this in-depth facial recognition software wow. that get, because they're responsible for the children and and they, it's really safe and secure and it's it's one of those areas so they are trying to cater I think to families I've walked past that possibly uh, i think i've seen that before See, i this, think this is the most we haven't even talked about well, it, i got it full Go they, they uh rank 22nd in supportive players families and 25th in post-game gathering area. All right, never mind. That's See, pretty that, bad. The Browns are near the bottom. <laughs> well, but maybe it's great, but we, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's hard to measure Post-game gathering area is know. bad. It's, it, that is bad. But it's yeah. bad. Like, that, that's an area that you'd be concerned about because that's an area players are talking. Hey, they're not treating our families. By the way, nice. uh, you know, we, we, part of the payoff to this was, yeah. is it affecting Cleveland's ability to sign free agents? I still no. say this. Well, it has nothing to do with no. their ability to draft free, uh, sign free agents. No. Two things, guys, that I've talked to, two things guys consider. There's actually three. One is the city. That's, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. The other one is, do I have a chance to win? Mm-hmm. I want to win right well, away. The number one is the money. Well, it can be, but oftentimes, yeah. if the deciding factor, if the money's equal everywhere, then they start saying, well, I know I'm going to get what I'm going to get. What, what's the city like? And guys that live, the guys that play for Cleveland, we talked about this when we started the show. We were trying to find former Cleveland athletes that still live here. Mm-hmm. And the number of guys that live here is very low. Bernie lives yeah. here. Josh Cribbs lives here. There's a number of guys. Doug Deacon never left. There's a number of guys that have stayed here. But for the most part, the guys that have played here leave, and they don't live here. And one of the things that I always hear about is, your airport's trash. I can't get to anywhere direct. The airport's I can't. a pain in the neck. And so yeah. those are things that when you're – when you know you're going to make $15 million or $18 million and the market is what it is, you've got four teams that are in that ballpark, the things that the guys start looking at is quality of life in the city that you're living in, weather factors into all of that, also your ability to win. That's mm. what controls it. Of and course. let's face it, for the last 10 years, the Browns have not been in a winning cycle. That, Period. To me, that's a big, am I going to be able to play? What's my role? And do I have a chance to and, win? And yeah. I think the quarterback plays a role. That's all part of the it winner. Does. Yeah, sure, it does. One thing interesting, I just learned this recently, Jack Conklin is going to be a forever Clevelander. Is he? They're well, building... he, did he marry a girl from here? Uh, I don't know. Because usually I that's think what so. does it. No, he didn't. He really? didn't. They're, fr- they're both close by, I think. I think they're both Michigan originally, but they're building their forever home on the east side. He, really wanted, he really wanted to stay. Yeah. And and that's part of the reason with the extension that he got when we all thought he was getting ready to retire and they yeah. signed him for four more years. Conklin's will be here forever. All right. Good. Well, LeBron's got to do better. Do better. Let's go. Yeah. By the way, win um, and and part of that free agent problem sure. will take care of itself. M- Maslin, Ohio, a, a <laughs> high school team has a better facility than that. Brown's facility is trash, but as Jason said, they did buy up a lot of land around Berea and they're 
you know, hopefully we'll do a better job when they renovate again. It's hard to rebuild while you're using right. it, especially yeah. in football. Yeah. Because yeah. you've got all those fields you're using. It's just. Yeah, your downtime each year isn't nearly enough time to start scrapping buildings and building new buildings. Right. That takes a year, right. year and a half, some right. instances. All right, you have a read and then we'll move on. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.